0: super talk mississippi media production
1: taylor swift is coming to new orleans and margaritaville resort biloxi and super talk are giving away a free pair of tickets for your chance to win go register now at margaritaville resort biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from margaritaville and super talk 103.1
2: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
0: Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Okay, let's begin. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
3: And welcome everyone to the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the Super Talk studios guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this hump day. What a difference a couple of days make with respect to the weather. Uh, certainly grateful for. Some fairer skies and calmer conditions. And
2: this may be one of the last days we see forecast highs in the 90s for the year. Awesome.
3: That'd be fine with me. I'm down with that. Yeah. I think I've seen enough of that. So looking at the latest reports from New Orleans, it appears that some power... The Wall Street Journal is reporting power restored to it just says a New Orleans suburb, but it doesn't name it. Do we have any information on that? Just looking at some photos in the Journal of the New Orleans metro area. Lots of water still standing uh, in the low-lying areas trying to get out. Power was still out for 89% according to poweroutage.us. 89% or 173,000 customers in Orleans Parish, which of course encompasses the city of New Orleans. Overall now about 990,000 customers in Louisiana, 37,000 in Mississippi are still without power. And there are some estimates, even from the power providers, that that could endure for a month or more.
4: Full in some places, yeah,
3: yeah, in New Orleans, so we'll keep an eye on that, and we certainly hope and pray for rapid recovery of uh, getting back to normal as best as possible. And you know, I was talking to my wife and daughter about the situation in New Orleans post Katrina, it was uh, devastating to the the business community. The economics of the city were were uh, harmed dramatically, and as I recall, in, in returning when you could to New Orleans and eating out and shopping and staying at the hotels, so grateful for your, for your business and just providing awesome service, and I felt like that stuck in my return visits to the Crescent City. It just seemed like that took hold, and people were just so grateful, the, the merchants, the restaurants. The hotels, etc., that you were transacting with them, you're going to see the same thing here, I believe. And so, you know, I'm I'm going to try to make a point to visit New Orleans as as soon as it's practicable, and uh, spend a little money down there to try to help the folks out. I think we're going to see the same thing, and it's. Uh, Such a sad situation. Gosh, it it just seems like yesterday we were, in fact, just recovering from Katrina. It just really does. It's surreal that it's been, what, 16 years. But here they go again, and man, your heart goes out to them. These folks that rely on, to a great extent, tourism to New Orleans for their livelihoods. So hopefully they'll get back on their feet as quickly as possible. On the program today at 1037, 1037, Andrea Sanders, Commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Child Protection Services, we'll get an update from Andrea on the agency. And then at 1105, Jim Beckett, he is a member of the House of Representatives and is presiding over the redistricting process that is occurring. Uh, down at the legislature. And then at 12.05 today, we'll have Mississippi Outdoors Radio, since we were unable to do that this past Monday with the weather. We opted to shift that over to today. Don't forget Sports Talk Mississippi at Golden Moon today. They'll be at Pearl River Resorts, Golden Golden Moon Casino, just ahead of the uh, return of college football. Hard to believe. It's time for that again. So Grab a snack, place a wager for your favorite team, and download the Pearl River Resort Sportsbook app. That's Sports Talk Mississippi at the Sportsbook at Pearl River Resort's Golden Moon Sports Lounge today. And then tomorrow, I shall travel north. To Mossy Oak in West Point from ten to one for the JT Show. This is the forty-third annual Prairie Arts Festival that begins. We look forward to seeing you there for fun, food, and prizes. It's sponsored by the Growth Alliance, Mossy Oak Properties, and Biologic. And then high school football. This would be a week two of it returning, right to.
2: First Super. full week. First, First full Or second year. full week. There, okay. There have been almost a month now uh, of football. high school football. Yeah. But it's been jamborees and private schools and stuff like that. Yeah.
3: But the whole full meal deal, week two, again, this weekend. The scoreboard preview show at 6. And then the Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show at 10. That's on Friday nights. Anywhere you listen or watch. Super Talk Mississippi. So we appreciate you joining us today. So the big news, of course, after the show yesterday, the the president, he came out and addressed the nation. My first observation is why three o'clock in the afternoon? Why not prime time? Why does he always do this in the afternoon? Seems to be kind of his customary approach rather than prime time. I don't, maybe I'm reading too much into that. I just noted that. Middle of the day, like that. Afternoon.
2: Well, 3 o'clock would be prime time if bedtime is
3: 6.30. (laughs) It just seems weird. but
2: Putting at 6 and bed at
3: 6.30. (laughs) (laughs) Is there warm milk in there, too? (laughs) I mean, we laugh, but it just does seem like the guy's just, Absent energy and enthusiasm. And I, I know a lot of other people that are of his age. They don't seem quite as feeble, in my view. And that's not a good thing for the Commander-in-Chief. There's something to be said for the way that projects physically. But the big thing, the takeaway for me, I'm not sure if it was for others, it just seemed a bit dishonest. I'll just say it that. He, he took victory laps and described it as a success. I'm not sure I'm buying that. I, I don't think that Americans are buying it. The Wall Street Journal had a, a great article A Dishonest Afghanistan Accounting is the title of the piece. And they actually went so far as to suggest that he may never utter the word Afghanistan again. And I agree. We talked about this some last week in their assertion that he's going to pivot to domestic affairs we got to get on with raising taxes and expanding government and spending $5 trillion. And you know we're going to hear the calls for ramming this legislation through on the pretense of, yeah, I'm calling it pretense, of climate change causing the hurricane, something we touched on yesterday. But it was a speech where he seemed indignant, defiant, honestly seemed mad. How dare you question me? I mean, that's the takeaway I got. That may have not been the intention, but it was a fairly lengthy speech where he delved into all sorts of details and just blamed everybody but himself. You know, we gave Americans all sorts of opportunities to raise their hand and say they wanted out, but they didn't, and, and that's just the way it is. And he, he basically implied it was inevitable, the outcome we saw, what we all witnessed, and everybody witnessed it unless you don't have an internet connection. And there ain't too many people that fall into that category, certainly in this country. But if you saw the images and you've seen the reports, I'm just not sure that this speech, it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle, as they say. It just, it projected defiance and anger. I didn't think it was good in that respect. Zero apologies. Zero empathy. You know, we were told, President Trump, Trump he just don't have any empathy. We got to have an empathetic president. I didn't see that yesterday at a time when it's needed the most. We'll step aside for a break right here. We'll come back with more talk on the JT show. Stay with us.
5: This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Glutstadt, just south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. Calloway's has just received a large shipment of ceramic pots. All sizes, all colors, all 40% off, no exclusions. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, and jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Calloway's has farm fresh produce seven days a week. Calloway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture and the largest selection in the South, period. We offer bulk soils. Or the Do-It-Yourself project. Callaways offers landscaping. Designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape from a small job to total transformations. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaways in Gloodstat on Calhoun Station Parkway south of Germantown High. Callaways
6: is Callaways is everything for home and garden. That's what Callaways is.
8: Catch Madison
9: Central Jaguar football right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3 each Friday night
10: during the season. Brought to you in part by Jersey Mike's on Highway 51 in Madison. At Alliance Ag Risk Management, our
11: slogan is hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Whether it's using our bottom line ag app to create a personalized crop marketing plan, partnering with our agents to identify the right policy to minimize risk against the perils of high value production, or just having someone to talk to in a time of need, we're dedicated to coming alongside you to take emotion out of the equation and maximize your hard-earned profits. Alliance Ag Risk Management, hope for the best, prepare for the worst.
12: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. You're hearing the JT
0: show with Gerard Gibbert. Now, now onto the real part.
11: Dino Mike
0: on Super Talk Mississippi. Hmm.
13: will say nothing to no one no how we bust and
3: never crack a smile Welcome back everyone to JT show Super Talk Mississippi Well, ride, well yeah, yeah, that commentary in the first segment uh, elicited a few texts from our fantastic audience. sure Biden is empathetic you just have to remove the um first <laughs> as in pathetic. That uh, from the 662 region. Carolyn Starkville says, I think we have a controlled government that has shown us it does not care about American lives, domestic or abroad. Look at the border. Look at Afghanistan. We've shown they will work with terrorist groups to weaken America, and Americans need to wake up to reality. Yeah, it is concerning. I I think perhaps the most dishonest statement made of all was yesterday was his assertion that the war in afghanistan is now over and again i think most i think most americans that are clear thinking and really can can discern and rational agree we shouldn't be involved in forever wars. I I think the majority of Americans believe that. That's never been the question here. The question is, how do we get out? And what does that look like? And what he said yesterday is that what unfolded, what ensued, was inevitable. He once again talked about how he was inherited this agreement between president trump and the taliban and of course he he kind of washes over that and and doesn't really explain that in detail he doesn't talk about the conditional aspect of that he, he just essentially states and asserts that i had to honor this agreement now what's so hypocritical about that is that everything else from the Iran nuclear deal to the Paris Accord to just all kinds of executive orders that, within the first week or so after being elected, reversed Trump policies, except this one, which doesn't make any sense. So, He he does go on to say, or did go on to say yesterday, that most Americans believe that the U.S. can counter any sort of terrorist threats with what is described tactics that are described as over the horizon. That just really means drones and satellites, et cetera. Anything short, uh, anything that would counter and put down and diminish terrorist organization and and build out without having troops on the ground. And he he said that the U.S. has all these assets to to counter terrorists in other countries such as Yemen and Somalia and Iraq and Syria. But most experts say that's kind of a fantasy, honestly. Not, Not quite there yet. And he went on, he talked extensively about the horrors of war. We all agree. We also witnessed horrors last Thursday upon our exit, he, he he kind of minimized any reference to that event. Of course he would. But the biggest thing to me is that who the hell's accountable here? It seems like that some of these high-level folks in the administration and even the military, given what we saw unfold, they ought to resign, in my view. If not, he ought to fire them. I just don't think he will. Clearly he won't. I think he's immediately pivoting to domestic matters. And his primary priority there is increasing taxes and expanding welfare. Call it what you want, folks. In my view, when money just falls out of the sky, it's welfare. just is. It's government programs. And you know, we talked on this program, Rhino, when when General Milley was up on the hill being questioned by members of Congress, Senator Cotton Waltz, et cetera, about this woke stuff going on in the military. And we talked about how that puts our very security at risk because of the focus. You got X number of cycles. And when so many of your cycles are consumed with all that garbage. And he made it clear that he thought a bigger threat, he inferred at least, that a bigger threat to our security are domestic white supremacists over foreign terrorists. That's what the focus is. And he wants to understand that threat within the ranks of the military. Yet the, the folks in the ranks of the military come out and say, we don't know what the heck you're talking about. It's um, the same thing that I have uh, discussed with respect to business. Well, all these businesses that are spending the gazillions of dollars on all this garbage, all this deconstruction nonsense and pronouns and Decolonizing. Yeah, there you go. Changing language and you know, sc- grouping people and all that junk. It's like, well, is there a problem? I I just I can't find the problem. And the question I would have for those executives, and the same with the, those in the military, the generals, the brass that runs the place. Why did you let it get to the point where it's a problem? We have opposed that, and as a society, we've moved way beyond that a long time ago. How is this happening today? Because I don't think it is. It's just, look at me, how great and wonderful I am. I'm forcing those in the ranks of the military to divide into privilege walks. But yet, people died. Now, I'm not saying there's a direct correlation to that. What I am saying is... Can't we worry about protecting the country and keeping the world intact rather than privilege walks in the Air Force? Can't we teach those in the rank-and-file traditional military war tactics how to survive, how to work as a cohesive unit rather than all this theoretical garbage? And you know, to a great extent, why? Because they're all Ivy League wackos. What happened to just good old, common-sense, practical-thinking people? Why can't we put those in charge? Why do we get to the point where you got to have 14 degrees to work in the State Department? Because they're the ones that's doing all this. The president of Afghanistan, who bolted with money, like within two hours, he's their hand-picked guy. They trained him in that same curriculum. He doesn't care. They don't care. Honestly. That's what I got out of that speech yesterday. You really don't care. What you care about are your poll numbers. What you care about is the perception people have of you and the handling of this event. Why
2: else would he try to take credit for all the good things and pass the buck on everything bad that happened?
3: He was taking victory laps. But the other thing I caught, which is in conflict with what he said last week, he says, we got 90% of everybody out. 90% was the exact word he used. Last week he said, we ain't leaving. Well, so we got 90% of people out, yet the war's over. And last week he said, we're not leaving until every last American's out, and our allies.
2: This is the same administration that's doing a victory lap for pulling over 100,000 Americans out, so uh, 90% of that means there's still 10,000 left.
3: That's a lot, and they don't know. That's the, so, you see the conflicts in the message there? That's what bothered me. And what about this interpreter, Mohammed? He helped rescue then Senator Joe Biden, two other senators. They were stranded in a remote Afghanistan valley after their helicopter. Remember this? Their helicopter went down due to a snowstorm. He's left behind. He actually sent a message. Hello, Mr. President, save me and my family. He wouldn't use his full name, he's in hiding, because they'll come after him and cut his head off. This was after the last American boarded the C-117 and exited the country. He said, don't forget me here. He saved your life. You said nothing about that yesterday. So the question was asked of his shield, jens Reporter did. And she just said, Well, our efforts are enduring. And yes, Mohammed did save some of my favorite people. That's what she said. That's just disgusting. That man saved your life. You ought to be working around the clock to save his. It's break time here on the JT show. We thank you so much for tuning in. And when we come back, we've got Andrea Sanders. She's the commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Child Protection Services. We'll get an update on what's going on there at CPS. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain. Sunny skies, high near 92. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 70. Thursday, sunny skies, high near 89. And for your finally Friday, sunny conditions, high near 87. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com.
12: The Wall Street Journal reports a 15-year high in the investment you've made in your home. The real estate market is nothing short of amazing. My friend Lee Garland will attest to that across the entire Capital City metro area. If you sell your home, the demand is red-hot. For the seller, the need for good homes is incredible. They're selling fast and many times over-list. For the buyer, interest rates right now are low, meaning you get more for the money. Lee Garland's customer satisfaction feedback is most impressive. Take, for instance, Rachel she listed her home, got little or no results. Then Rachel took our advice and called the Lee Garland team, and the difference was like night and day. Lee immediately put his superior marketing strategy in action. In just four days, Rachel's home in Brandon sold for 21000 over the previous agent's list price. That's why Lee can guarantee an offer on your home within seven days. Gallo reminding you to call Lee Garland Group, eXp Realty at 601-983-1130, or go to leewillbuyit.com and start packing.
14: Good things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit trustcarehealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare, feel better faster.
15: Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to say more with Mahindra, and it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and 0% interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift, capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra, the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the tractor store in Richland.
4: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to two men and a truck, Richland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your
16: convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding
4: and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men In A Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomininatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate.
17: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 2,939 new cases of COVID-19 are being reported today and 81 deaths. 31 deaths occurred between August 26 and 31st, and 50 deaths occurred between July 10th and August 26, identified from death certificates. There are currently 176 outbreaks in long term care facilities. And following hearings to study the state's income tax, Speaker Pro Tem Jason White believes Mississippi must make a statement by eliminating the income tax.
9: It needs to have enough appeal to it that it makes a headline somewhere, especially as we got testimony from so many guys and girls last week who said other states, especially southern states and red states, are considering these very things that we are. We don't, we certainly don't need to get behind uh, them on this issue.
17: A plan to eliminate the tax passed the House during the previous session but died in the Senate. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
12: I'm Paul Gallo. My wife and I are vaccinated. To me, it's a blessing of medical technology that generations before us would pray for. The risk and inconvenience of scheduling a shot versus rewards and peace of mind is no different than getting a tetanus shot from a rusty nail. The difference is rusty nails are not highly contagious. This virus is an opponent that can only be defeated with teamwork. To find a site, go to vaccines.gov or call 800-232-0233. A message to your family from our family at Supertalk Mississippi Media.
6: Ladies
0: and gentlemen, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Now, 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 back to the JT show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
6: Mississippi. Oh, oh, oh. Mm, right.
13: There she stood in the street, uh, smiling from her head to her feet. I said. Uh, Baby Maybe
17: she's in need of a kiss I tell her hey, hey What's your name baby Maybe we can see things the same Now don't you oh I hesitate
19: Let's move before the rain The parking
3: lot oh, Welcome back everyone The JT Show Super baby, Talk Mississippi On this day right oh, day. Joining us now in the studio, Andrea Sanders, the Commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Child Protection Services, CPS for short. It's normally how we refer to that. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Andrew.
20: Thank you, Gerard.
3: So, wanted to uh, have you on to get an update uh, from uh, your perspective on the agency. Now, is it part of DHS, or does it operate uh, as a separate entity?
20: That is a really interesting question. Um, it uh, both. Okay. About it originally was a, uh, a division of DHS yeah. um, until 2016. Mississippi agreed uh, in a lawsuit to separate the agency and create uh, a freestanding agency to, to bring emphasis to the work that's done. It's pretty unique work, as you know. Yep. And, um, so we have been separated in some capacity for the last five years. Uh, there was some confusion over federal funding streams and how that impacted the agency. And so uh, at the current moment, we are joined um, in statute as sort of a, a, we're related agencies. Okay. Um, the okay. terminology is in but not of. So. Yeah
3: and the agency receives funding from both the federal government and state government right that's
20: correct we how, do how does
3: that how does that alloc- how's that allocated
20: um, approximately half of our funding comes from the state okay. uh, the federal funding streams for uh, child welfare are um, in my opinion, they need to be updated. Uh, we um, we have to determine eligibility for children that that we take from their parents, yeah. based on their parents' income, which is a peculiar position to be in. Um, as you can imagine, it's difficult to go back to parents and um, ask for proof of income after taking their children yeah. out of their home.
3: So, what are the typical cases that your your group works with?
20: Uh, you know unfortunately there's outright abuse um, we uh, generally reporters will call and you know they have concerns because of bruising on children or um, often a you know a child will show up at school wearing either really inappropriate clothing for the time of year um, and it can be you know you think of children not having warm clothing in winter time. Um, that's usually a problem with neglect or possibly poverty, which is a little bit different than, than a parenting issue. Um, but in the summertime, when you see children show up at school in the heat wearing, you know, a hoodie and clothing that covers their body, uh, that that's often a, hmm. a source of concern, you know. And so teachers might call and say, you know, they may notice bruising on children's arms that that's just repetitive and or uh, often you can see old bruising um, that, you know, those are warning signs.
3: So if the the agency receives reports such as that, you've got workers on the front lines then that would investigate, is that right?
20: We do. We have a 24-hour hotline uh, call center that's manned and in fact, you know, we just had a big hurricane um, threat come Mm -hmm. through the the state and so we try to staff up during those times to make sure that um, not only for reports of abuse but you know we had the whole coast potentially um, you know looking at being without power uh, or phone lines so that that call center is kind of a hub for us but yes we um, we go out and investigate within 24 hours if for certain types of, of reports, you know mm-hmm. if there is imminent concern, um, there's a little bit more time if you know if the the concern is uh, triaged to be a less acute problem.
3: And, and you have also have the situations where um, children are just lose their parents. I mean that happens as well.
20: Yes. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> we're in the middle of a pandemic that's unlike anything. You know any of us have ever experienced in our lifetime and um, so you know death rates are much higher for a variety of reasons Um, and so yes children um, lose their parents um, and you know we're really struggling right now with um, there we've seen uh, Often, there's a, a an increase in in drug abuse and addiction um, that makes parents unable to take care for their children. Yeah, and um, you know we're we're experiencing a lot of social uh, stressors right now that impact children in Mississippi.
3: How many children are in your care now?
20: Right now we have approximately, well, we have thirty seven hundred and fifty uh, actually. At this wow. minute um, and that numbers held pretty steady for the last couple of years um, you know the last time we talked I think we talked about concerns that we would see reports escalate as children got back into school mm-hmm. um, you know I don't think we are seeing normal situations yet schools have uh, resumed and then had to go virtual and then uh, you know so there are a lot of distractions happening right now. We have not seen a, a tremendous spike in reporting, or it's certainly not something that's consistent.
3: How many how many workers do you have on the front lines?
20: We have um, about 460 right now. We really need to gain about a hundred total.
3: Hundred, okay.
20: Uh, Turnover is very high in this work. Um, and we are intentionally looking at ways that the agency can reduce that turnover.
3: Is there sort of an optimum ratio of worker to children?
20: There is. We have a formula. Okay. And um, so, you know, investigations take up uh, more time than, say, monitoring children in their own home when there was a concern about neglect. So the formula rate, you know, it, it weights the type of work, um, but ideally workers need to have somewhere between 14 and 17 cases um, that are active. Yes. And so we we've been successful in achieving that in some parts of the state. We really struggle in other parts.
3: And so when you receive a child, take them into care. You try to place them in a foster home. Is that right? Is that uh...
20: we we have a strong preference for family-based settings. Yes. Okay. Um, you know and a relative, or someone who's known to the child in their own community, in their same school that they were already attending, that can take all of their siblings is ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we don't always have the ideal setting for um, children when we take them. You know, obviously, it's it's not a planned thing. So um, there are times when we have to take them to other parts of the state. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully our, our strong preference is to keep sibling groups together yeah. if if we can't keep them in their own community.
3: How does one become a, a foster parent? What are the criteria there?
20: Um, they need to be 21 or older, and they need to be fi- financially self-sufficient. Uh, and the reason for that is there's subsidized care uh, – uh, there are subsidies provided to families who foster yeah. to help offset the cost, but we want families who are fostering because they want to foster. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it's a pretty unique ask to take someone else's child into your home or children, love them like they're your own, and then be willing to potentially give them back. Um, so it is. It is a. To me, one of the ultimate asks uh, from from a family to open their home. Um, we have information on our website, www.mdcps.ms.gov, for becoming a foster parent. Um, I'll have to put these readers on to give you the I got it. 1 800
3: 821 9157. 800 821 9157. And then there's also a number to report child abuse, which is 800-222-8000, 800-222-8000 or you can, again, go to the Department of Child Protective uh, gov website. Um, do, do you get lots of phone calls and emails with respect to reports?
20: We do, yes. Uh, and, you know, I even get... Uh, People who know me text me yeah um, and wow. uh, email me when they have concerns Gosh. but I like they need to go through the hotline because it allows us to document the call and also follow a, a prescribed triage
3: yeah Wow and there's also money we got just about a minute here is pandemic relief funds that were appropriated as well current and foster. Former foster youth age 14 to 26 who have spent at least one day in foster care after their 14th birthday are eligible, right? That's correct. Check your website for information on that as well? Yes, please. Okay. Well, Andrea, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thanks a lot, and thanks for the work you guys do.
20: Well, appreciate you having me.
3: Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
11: Every new beginning comes from some other beginning
21: Need furniture or bedding now? The
22: pandemic caused a big slowdown in production and shipping, so the wait can be longer than you'd like. Fortunately, Miss Skelly's has preferred status with our vendors, so despite some delays, we actually have a lot in stock and ready to go. Check out what's available now at MsSkelly's.com. The selection is growing, so if you don't see what you want, check again. Then order online or come into one of our showrooms. That perfect piece may be in stock and ready to go
11: at Miss Skelly's. This is the opening. Agri Market Report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was up 67 to 9320. March cotton was up 62 to 92.39. The opening of the Chicago Board of Trade, November soybeans were down three and three quarters to twelve eighty-eight and three quarters per bushel. January soybeans were down four cents to twelve ninety-six and a quarter per bushel. December corn was down five and a quarter to five twenty-nine per bushel. March corn was down five and three quarters. 5.37 per bushel. At the mercantile, October live cattle was down 27 to 126.62. December live cattle was down 35 to 133.12. October feeder down 20 to 167.55. November feeder down 15 to 169.50. And at this hour, Dow Jones is down 35 points, 35,325. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk, Mississippi AgriNews Network.
16: How
4: can propane gas enhance your outdoor experience this season? When it comes to outdoor grilling, there's no better source than propane. But have you thought about a beautiful outdoor fireplace and lighting fueled by propane as well? The perfect setting, worry-free grilling with propane, a golden propane fire to sit by, and soothing propane lights burning in the background. Impress yourself, friends, and family with propane. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more.
0: Yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Properly set
7: all
15: controls before recording.
0: All systems go. Now, now, now. Back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
6: Mississippi.
3: Everyone, the JT show, Super Talk Mississippi. Once again, to report child abuse, 800 222 8000, or you can go to the website for child protection services, mdcps.ms.gov. If you are interested in becoming a foster parent, also. Can go to the website or call 1 800 821 9157. Full disclosure my, my wife and I are certified foster parents, and we, uh, many years ago, we took two uh, brothers into our home that had suddenly and abruptly lost their their single mother. And they happened to attend school, same school with my. Natural children, and and we were uh, aware of who they were, but we we weren't you know particular social friends or anything. But we heard of this situation uh, when this situation occurred. What we heard, and I didn't ask Miss Sanders this, but what we understood back then was that you heard her say they try to keep siblings together and place them in a home setting, and that's for obvious reasons, but. These were two teenage boys, and in the hierarchy of, of foster parent certification, that's the most difficult to uh, certification to attain. And so there's a, a shortage of parents that can serve in that role. And if not available in the state, at least this was my understanding then, which is why we got involved. They then fall into the hands of the federal government. What's they call in that world the system? Quote. And when that happens, more than likely, the siblings get separated into different households, somewhere in the country. And so when we heard of this, it uh, it struck us, and my wife and I, and we we talked about it about the possibility of. Adding to our family, and went and talked to uh, our natural children about it, which would be the fair thing to do. And and they both, at the time, my son was I think in the eighth grade, in my, or could be in seventh grade, and my daughter ninth. I know there's two years separating in them, and they both agreed to it. So I had a stair step, for, three four years there, and and I'm proud to say they're both gainfully employed, productive adults. And uh, the older lives here in central Mississippi, is uh, in the accounting and finance business, doing well and married as a child, and the younger just got married a couple of months ago, celebrated the marriage with him and his uh, new wife, and they are residing in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and both gainfully employed and doing quite well. The younger, in particular in particular, uh, will call on me for, I guess you could call it fatherly advice on a regular basis, buying homes and and uh, how to handle his finances and um, often in in his uh, job uh, searches and determinations. And so happy, obviously, to serve in that role. Anyhow, uh, proud mostly of my natural children for seeing fit to share their home. Uh, you can imagine the grocery bill went up quite a bit. Uh, but that's, that's perfectly fine, of course. Any, anyhow, I, I went, so I went through the training. And, you know, when you witness some of the hardships and some of the situations, but more importantly, when you go to court and see some of these custody situations in court, man, it's heartbreaking. This is happening every day in this state in every county and as I recall at the time our social worker that was responsible for our foster children and that's they, they remain of course wards of the state that may not be the proper legal term but the bottom line is foster ch- children are not permanent and at any point in time a foster parent calls a social worker and says I'm done any time day or night and they come pick them up it's not like adopted, legally adopted.' It's, it's there's a distinction there. but what I recall is that she worked Madison County where I reside, and she had seventy five cases, seventy five cases for one person. and without disclosing, of course, and revealing names, she would sometimes share. I think just looking to just just vent and speak to somebody some of the stuff she'd encountered. it's just heartbreaking, man. But anyhow, Sounds like they need help and they do good work. Just, just want to share that. We'll take a break right here. When we come back after the news, we've got Jim Beckett from the Mississippi House of Representatives. We'll talk to Mr. Beckett, Representative Beckett, about the redistricting process. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
8: I'm Chris Foster. A few homes and businesses in New Orleans have power back on for the first time since Hurricane Ida hit Sunday. Most do not, and that includes gas stations.
21: Gas hunting is going on far outside of New Orleans, all along I-10 East into Mississippi. It's very easy to spot
8: an open gas station from the interstate because they're surrounded by dozens of cars with Louisiana tags. Fox's Evan Brown in Pensacola, Florida. The White House announces a plan to create more affordable housing.
20: Using regulatory changes, the administration says it will work to deliver 100,000 affordable housing units over three years. It will also increase mortgage availability through Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae for manufactured homes. The White House Council of Economic Advisors unveiled the plans in a blog post while cautioning that there is no magic formula to quickly relieve the supply constraints.
8: Fox's Rachel Sutherland. The Democrats' spending plan in Congress includes $300 billion to build or restore 2 million homes. Americans listening to Fox News.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There's heavy traffic along the interstates like I 55 and Lincoln and Pike counties, as well as I 10 as evacuees try to make their way back to their homes. Will Nunley with Fox has this report from South Mississippi.
8: The desperation is growing for fuel and for power lines are long at gas stations, not only on the Louisiana side, but here on the Mississippi side as well, because so many are having to leave the immediate area to try to find fuel. This is needed not only for personal vehicles, but also to fuel search and rescue efforts and uh, repair and recovery efforts as well.
17: Moss Point Mayor Billy Knight took to social media to share his frustration when heavy rains from Ida caused flooding issues.
12: I will not continue to keep this down the road for somebody else to take care of or just don't pay attention to it at all because that's what has happened in many of our cases. Our leaders in the past have just ignored this problem and have not done nothing about it.
17: For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
24: The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health.
17: Lawmakers are holding hearings on the possibility of eliminating the state income tax. Speaker pro tem Jason White believes Mississippi needs to make a statement.
9: It needs to have enough appeal to it that it makes a headline somewhere, especially as we got testimony from so many guys and girls last week who said other states, especially southern states and red states, are considering these very things that we are. We we certainly don't need to get behind uh, them on this issue.
17: SEC teams can forfeit games this year if they don't have a sufficient number of players. The team who is shorthanded will have to forfeit and take a loss in the SEC standings for regular season games, and the scheduled opponent will be credited with a win. If both teams lack enough players due to COVID-19 or other issues, both will forfeit. If there are extraordinary circumstances, Commissioner Greg Sankey can declare a no contest. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
8: Mississippians are dying each day as a result of COVID-19. And if you're not vaccinated, you're at risk. I'm Richard Cross. I'm vaccinated because I want to protect my family. I want our Mississippi businesses to thrive. I want sports with full stadiums, and it's the right thing to do. If you want to save lives and also get back to normal, please get vaccinated. We know the vaccine is safe and it works, but only if we get it. You can find a COVID vaccine near you by going to vaccines.gov or by calling 800-232-0233. This message brought to you by Supertalk Mississippi.
13: Go with the
1: home team. Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Welcome to Real Talk for real Mississippians. Let, 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 let's do this. Three, two, one. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
3: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi, hour two of the program on this hump day. Joining us now in the studio, Jim Beckett, uh, member of the House of Representatives, Representative Jim Beckett. He represents District 23, Calhoun, Grenada, Lafayette, and Webster counties. Uh, good morning, uh, Representative Beckett. Thanks for joining
25: us today. Thank you very much.
3: So I know you have been uh, presiding over the redistricting hearings in the process as it uh, ensues there down at the state capitol. Uh, first, You've been doing these hearings across the state. I attended the one here in Jackson last week.
25: Right. We had nine hearings nine. across the okay. state. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to go to every geographic part of the state, so to make it as convenient as possible for people to attend.
3: Mm-hmm. And did uh, so I, having attended the one in Jackson, were the others similar in nature?
25: S- similar in nature. Uh, the attendance varied you know, a good bit from place to place, but uh, topics were Basically the same concerns for basically the same.
3: Yeah, and so who is there a committee that uh, from the legislature that's right. assigned to this task?
25: There is. Um, there is. If every other census, the House and the Senate alternate who will be chairman of the committee. Okay. So for, of the joint committee. So this year I'm the chairman and Dean Kirby is the Vice Chairman. On the Senate side. And on the Senate side. Yeah. So when we get to doing the House and Senate, Dean will chair the Senate subcommittee and I will chair the House subcommittee of that. Before the congressional part, I, I, I'm the chairman, and so that's why I was in charge of the committees. But there are 10 members, 10 House members, 10 Senate members, and you have your elections chairman and vice chairman and the other people. Then you have a geographic balance across the state. Okay. And so that's why you have maybe you you won't have the 10 most senior people or or maybe even the people that some people might think would be on there, but it's it's up to the leadership to make those appointments. Uh, in our case, they were made uh, at the same time the other committee appointments were made. I think the Senate delayed that until maybe the end of the session.
3: How does that shake out in terms of Republicans and Democrats, and who kind of determines that mix?
25: Well, the the leadership determines that mix. It's not required by law. And I think it just happens that in each chamber, it's seven Republicans and three Democrats, which pretty much reflects yeah. the membership of the, commi- the sure. chamber. Of the
3: chamber, yeah. Sure, that, that makes sense. Uh, so the the goal, of course, let's talk about the congressional districts first. You share with me off the air that's, that's what you're working on right now. So Mississippi has four House seats, and the goal is to uh, draw those districts such that they uh, encompass a, a certain number of, of population, and that's Based on when we take the the overall national census, we've got 435 seats. Unless the Congress changes the number of seats, right now it's 435 right. in the House, and so we take the population uh, essentially and divide it by 435, and that that then produces the number that has to be in each district. Not, Is that right?
25: Not exactly. That, okay. They use that. They use the overall population. The 435 to determine the allocation per state. Okay. All right. Now, we have four. I got you. So our four have to be exact. And I was going to give you the All level. right.
3: So it's done at the state level. Right. All right. And then you take the state and divide that into equal parts, right. essentially. Yeah. Okay. We have
25: to have 740,320 people, and there's no tolerance. That's what people – Uh, you may have people say, well, why did you split a county or why did you split a precinct? Uh, you have to be exact. Yeah. And if it can't be exact, maybe, you, know, if you have to be all one person. You can be all one person. But that's it. It's not not like the state legislative districts where you have a 5% tolerance. There is no tolerance for the congressional.
3: I got you. Yeah, you're right. My apologies. You you first have to determine how many seats each state gets based on their population uh, as it relates to the entire population in the census, census. And then the states have to divide that. Right. Yeah. That's all right. correct. So, uh I right. so how's that going because we had I believe Representative Thompson's district lost significant population.
25: Yes, uh he lost he lost a great deal of population. Um I I think these are are the numbers we have. Uh first of all, let me say that uh, August twelfth, we received what should be our final numbers. They're, they're not the official okay. numbers. We, w- we will not get them until September thirtieth. So the numbers I'm giving you today are the most current numbers that we have. And uh, Congressman Thompson's district uh, changed. He lost nine nine percent basically. Wow. Ran sixty something thousand people. Okay. And um, the Cal- I mean, Congressman Kelly gained around 17,000 18,000 people. Okay. Congressman Guest gained 11,000, 12,000, and Palazzo gained 30-something thousand. Okay. And so everybody gained ex- except Congressman Thompson's district. So
3: that then would indicate that you've got to expand his district somewhat into one or more of the other three, right?
25: Exactly. There's, there's not any option but to make his district larger. And the others... Well, you know, you know, four is going to get smaller because four doesn't have any choice but to give the three. It's the only yeah. one it joins. Yeah.
3: So that, that's Palazzo's. Yeah. The so, yeah.
25: so when you then you're looking at District One, which is Kelly, and three, uh, which is Gas. Right. Those are both too large. Either, either they want to both give something to to Thompson, or they're going to give to each other, and one of them's going to give to him. It, it, their districts probably will get smaller and his will definitely get larger. Yeah.
3: Geographically larger. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh that means that you'd have to take I guess some sliver along the river. I I'm, I'm just <laughs> thinking out loud yeah. here I mean,
25: you know, you you're you're not faithful. You you don't have a lot of choices. Yeah. You 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 I mean, you're either going north, south, or central. Yeah. And you just got to look for the right population mix and um uh, and look at the place that makes the most sense from the standpoint of who you're representing.
3: Right. So what what are the federal requirements that, that are somewhat restrictive in, in terms of the population mix and so, so forth that you have to adhere to?
25: Well, you know, I mean, there are, there are all kinds of, you, they've got to be contiguous, they've got to be the same. Um, you're looking at being able to elect someone where you don't want to you want, you don't want to split communities of interest yeah. and and you you want to it's not necessarily a, a racial test but but you want to be able to elect the candidate of your choice sure. type of deal yeah and um you know so i mean you don't it's just a lot of different things that you have to look at that what you what you, what's been done in the past and what you hope to be able to do is to Make minimal changes to the map, yeah. But you're going to have to. You're obviously going to have to change the map.
3: Yeah. Well, and to what extent, uh, Representative Beckett, do outside parties, shall we say, attempt to influence members of this committee in the drawing of these maps?
25: You know, so far that the only contact I've really had from outside parties have been at the hearings okay and and so it really hadn't been bad yet but we're you know we're early in the process yeah and uh, you know our goal is to try to have some type of congressional uh, agreement map yeah whatever at least agreement by the committee uh, by 1st of December okay so that um, so that it'll be out there um, for the candidates to see the public, to see but prior to qualifying uh, deadline, which I mean they're they're going to qualify the first of the year, and so our goal is to have this map out there and then um, introduce a bill and a, and a, and pass it early in the session. Okay. So they can use the new districts. You got a lot of work to do. got a lot of work then. to do. All right. So then let's let's
3: turn our attention to the state districting. What right. is that looking like right now?
25: You know we're. We're basically they've, they're asking. Uh, the peer committee is the committee, the state organization, the state committee that helps us with this as far as the technical aspect of drawing the maps yeah. and 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 uh, also in helping in making sure that we our plan complies with the law and scoring it and and looking at it and making sure that it's something that's appropriate. But they really want us to concentrate on this first and maybe draw the legislative plan starting in January. Okay. And and have it ready by the end of the session. I got you. Because we really don't need it until qualifying time the next year. Yeah. So there's not a, there's a rush among the members and there's a rush among the public, but but really we don't have any time constraints that we're having to do that. So so hopefully Um, December, January, we can start actually working on it. All right.
3: We're up against a break right here. I I wanted to ask you about your thoughts about uh, the possibility of a special session, see what you thought about the tax hearings uh, last week, and also what your legislative goals are in the next session. You should hang around for that? Sure. we got Representative Jim Beckett uh, in the studio with us. Stay tuned. The JT Show will be right back.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain. Sunny skies, high near 92. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 70. Thursday, sunny skies, high near 89. And for your finally Friday, sunny conditions, high near 87. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha
14: outboard dealer in Brandon.
12: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Get more miles on the road with O'Reilly Auto Parts. A clean fuel system means better gas mileage for your car. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get two bottles of Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $8. Plus, earn double O rewards points. For a clean, lubricated, more fuel-efficient system, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
6: Auto Parts.
22: Don't let joint pain or a sports injury keep you down. Capital Ortho is ready with a new look, a new name, and the same great care to get you back in the game. 601-987-8200 for all your bone and joint needs. Choose Capital Ortho and get back to living your best life. Hottie Toddy.
8: Richard Cross, be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Come on! Come on! You're hearing the JT
0: Show with Gerard Gibbert.
8: All right, we are back! On Super
0: Talk Mississippi. Now, here's more.
3: We are back on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. We've got Representative Jim Beckett, represents District 23 in Mississippi, Calhoun, Grenada, Lafayette, and Webster counties. We were just talking about redistricting, but we're going to shift our attention now, Representative Beckett, to the possibility of a special session to hammer out this medical marijuana program in in the last couple of weeks. We've had Representative Lee Yancey, who's kind of running point on that. From the House side, yesterday we had Speaker Pro Tem, Jason White, talking about that as well. What are you hearing from your perspective, and do you think we're going to have a special session?
25: Well, Gerard, I, I don't probably don't hear a whole lot more than the general public, and I, and I definitely don't hear more than you do about it. <laughs> uh, you know, the general consensus is that we're probably going to have a special session. Okay. I, I think that... House and Senate will reach agreement at some point in time. I, I'm not involved in negotiations, I'm not on public health, um, and I don't have anything to do I'm not anything that, Sen- that Representative Yancey's doing, uh, so I have absolutely zero involvement in, in that and don't know anything that anybody else doesn't know except that I do believe that they will reach an agreement. Now, whether it's in time that a special session makes sense to call a special session, or if we just wait to January to deal with it, I'm not sure. But personally, I would like. I think it'd be nice to have a special session and and deal with that issue. Yeah. And not not have that because we have a lot of other things we're gonna have to deal with in in the regular session. And so, but um, as to whether or not we're gonna actually have it, I don't know.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, both uh, – actually, three members of, on the House side I've had on the last couple of weeks, because uh, Representative Trey Lamar was on as well. Right. I think they're all of the mind that we're going to have a special session. That's yeah. what they would say right now. had, had Trey, had uh, Representative Yancey, and uh, Representative White yesterday. And, and the word is they're pretty close to hammering something out uh, with the Senate. Uh, right. Senator Blackwell on the Senate side, running point over there. And – have a special session and get something done. The governor's made it pretty clear that uh, repeatedly that he's not going to call a special session unless, in counting the votes, the votes are there for something that can pass and something that he can sign off
25: on. Right. And it seems like where we are. Yeah. It, I'm just, you know, I mean, he'll have to call it. Yeah. And what satisfies him, you know, I, I don't know, but we have we've have not met as a group to look at the plan. That that they're working on. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to do that, and they'll reach an agreement, and we'll look at it, and yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah. Do you have
3: a, a position personally? How did you? what do you feel about
25: it? I I, I really don't. I, I I do think we should we should deal with it. Okay. And um and so I I think that's uh I would like to see us yeah have a special session.
3: I know you've been busy with the redistricting process, but last week as well hearings for a couple of days on potential tax reform right and in uh, that the committee forum there Senator harkins I think uh, put that that on and and call for that he made that clear back in the special session when the bill passed the house got transferred over to the Senate and the Senate wasn't really at that point prepared to take it up and sign off on it and he said let's let's look at this closely and so he's he's kept good on his word there had right. hearings last week and Speaker of the House Gun, Lieutenant Governor uh Delbert Hoseman, and also Trey, Representative Trey Lamar on the House side. Presided over that committee.
25: Exactly. Yeah. I'm once again I, I'm I'm not on that committee. I guess they felt like I had plenty to do. Sound like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh mostly I think you know, had a lot of ways and means members, and I'm on appropriations. So uh I do know there were a few people in appropriations involved, but you know, I'm a hundred percent for elimination of the income tax. Yeah. That's just uh to me, I mean any objections that have been raised, uh I think you can I mean either either just I just don't agree with them, Yeah. or or maybe you know, maybe we can work to solve what, what problems are out there. I'm yeah. I'm not married to what the house did last time. Matter of fact even there's been some discussions about some things that that need to be changed in the house plan. I'm all, I'm all for that. I just yeah. I just won't I just really believe that it's something that we need to do for the future of our state. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about brain drain. We talked about a lot about being last in this and last in that. Um, all the things that we've discussed just kind of chip away at the edges. This is the only thing that we've ever talked about doing that I think has a chance of making a difference.
3: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm glad to hear you say that. I agree, and I should also point out that the speaker uh, shares your your sentiments. That he he's open to adjustments as well. Yeah. I think he he and uh, uh, Representative Lamar and, and and Speaker Pro Tem Jason White that have kind of been spearheading this thing. They, they all have expressed that that same position that. If there's some things we need to do to adjust, let's let's get in the room figured out and make it happen.
25: Right. I, I think the probably the only I guess the only requirement in my mind and 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 I don't I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but I want us to when we pass something to pass the, the elimination of the income tax. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm not hung up on whether that's ten years or eleven years or twelve years. You know, we can we can talk about that. We can size that a little bit. Yeah. But I just I don't want us to do it in steps where that three years from now we have to come back and vote again, take the next step. Yeah. I want right now, us to have a plan
3: gotcha. and and do it. I, I agree. That was kind of my parting words, that let's do something big, bold, and transformational and not just kind of do something token, you right. know, and say, hey, we cut taxes. I don't, I don't think that moves the needle uh, personally. All right, what about the 22 session, not far off, and I, I know you're hunkered down with this redistricting process. What are your legislative priorities, or what are you hearing from your
25: chamber, the Senate chamber, et cetera? Well, you know, I, I, obviously, for for me personally, it's going to be the redistricting. Yeah. Uh That's that is where a huge amount of my focus is going to be. Uh, at the same time, uh, I do the appropriations for the for IHL yeah. and, and Med Center, so uh, we're going to be looking at any of this federal cares money that could possibly be used to help them uh, in in their mission of providing. Relief or, or recovery yeah. from the from from this from this pandemic, uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Then ov- obviously we're going to have the the issue of how to deal with th- the budget increase, uh, and you know how much of it's going to be uh, reoccurring, re- determined to be reoccurring revenue, and how much is going to be one-time expenditures, and trying to Allocate that according to what they determine that it's going to be, you yeah. know, and um, and I don't mean spending the money just for the sake of spending the money, but uh, you've been in business and you, and you know that you can only defer maintenance so long. Sure. And all across IHL, they have been deferring maintenance, and it costs money to defer maintenance. Yeah. It costs for a lot of reasons. One, you do you're doing uh increase in your damages. If you don't fix the roof, then you got all kind of other problems. And it just costs more to repair that the longer you wait. So, you know, my hope is that we'll have an opportunity to maybe use some of this as one time money to fix one time problems. Yeah. But uh so those are really the things that, that I'll be working on the most uh is is our budget concerns. Um then how, how, to spend, how to spend this federal money, and then drawing our districts.
3: Another $1.8 billion, yeah. uh, headed our way, to state level. We right. had a $1 billion surplus last year, most of which was driven by uh, federal money that right. was kind of dropped on the states. We had another $1.8 billion coming our way as well. Uh, you know, you don't have to comment on this, but uh, personally I'd like to see if it would fit within the – uh, the parameters of, of that money coming from the federal government, a rebate out to the people. I don't All know right. if that's possible or not, but I'd love to see <laughs> checks flow out to the yeah. taxpayers, the people who actually paid that money to start with. Well,
25: well of, the, of the $1.8 billion, I doubt if that's possible. Yeah. Of the state money, you yeah. know, yeah, it might be possible, but uh, I, think the, I think the main thing is <laughs> that we need to be really careful about uh, increasing our, re- our reoccurring expenditures. Um, Based on that chunk money. of money,
3: yeah, I agree. That that and that's just a, uh, um, really just a financial planning concept. You got to be aware of you, and you're smart for doing so. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on today, Representative Beck, and enjoyed it. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Stay tuned with us on the JT Show. We got a more talk, and don't forget Mississippi Outdoors Radio at twelve oh five. We'll be right back.
9: It's time for the kids to head back to school to learn their ABCs and one-two-threes. At Monster of Jackson, we're teaching you the one-two-threes of car buy. One, buy from a dealer you can trust. Two, look for the best selection. Three, get the absolute best deals like these at Mazda Jackson. Now get 0% financing on every new Mazda in stock. That's right. 0% financing, which will save you thousands in interest charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you. You approved No matter your past credit history, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Bring us your trade. We'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. And as always, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. School is in session. So get to Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. jackson.com With approved credit on select models, see Oh, according to research, 82% of people remember radio ads. So 82% of you listening will remember that this is an ad for ZipRecruiter. 82% of you will note that if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter finds qualified people for your job. In fact, 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And 82% of you will remember that you can try ZipRecruiter for free. But you have to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Yes, free. Again,
8: that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free
12: Gallo here with a word for business owners about direct primary care from TrustCare, Mississippi's walk-in health clinic leader. Direct primary care reduces your health care costs for employees by 40%, and they get fast anytime access to their primary care doctor without co-pays, deductibles, or unexpected medical bills all for under $70 per month. Give it a shot. Call 601-707-3370 or visit TrustCareHealth.com.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There's heavy traffic along the interstates like I-55 and Lincoln and Pike counties, as well as I-10, as evacuees try to make their way back to their homes. Will Nunley with Fox has this report from South Mississippi.
8: The desperation is growing for fuel and for power. Lines are long at gas stations, not only on the Louisiana side, but here on the Mississippi side as well, because so many are having to leave the immediate area to try to find fuel. This is needed not only for personal vehicles, but also to fuel search and rescue efforts and uh, repair and recovery efforts as well.
17: Moss Point Mayor Billy Knight took to social media to share his frustration when heavy rains from Ida caused flooding issues.
12: I will not continue to keep this down the road. For somebody else to take care of or just don't pay attention to it at all, because that's what has happened in many of our cases. Our leaders in the past have just ignored this problem and have not done nothing about it.
17: For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
1: Mississippians are dying each day as a result of COVID-19. And if you're not vaccinated, you're at risk. I'm Rebecca Turner. I'm vaccinated because I want to set a great example for my children and also keep them safe. If you want to save lives and also get back to normal, get vaccinated. We know the vaccine is safe and it works, but only if you get it. You can find a COVID vaccine near you by going to vaccines.gov. This message is brought to you by Supertalk Mississippi Media.
0: so awesome. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Come on. Let's get on with the show. Yay. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back to the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget we got Mississippi Outdoors Radio coming up at 1205 today. Shifted that over from Monday due to the weather going through. And sports talk, right? At Golden Moon today. They'll be at the Sports Book at the Pearl River. Casino just ahead of the return of college football across the country. That sports book area, that's pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty neat deal. I like that. So grab a snack, place a wager for your favorite team, and download the Pearl River Resort Sports Book app. That's Sports Talk Mississippi at the Sports Book at Pearl River Resort's Golden Moon Sports Lounge today. And I'm going to be Up in West Point, Mississippi, at Mossy Oak, that'll be for the 43rd Annual Prairie Arts Festival. Look forward to seeing you there for fun food and prizes, sponsored by the Growth Alliance, Mossy Oak Properties, and Biologic. Ought to be a cool deal. Got to get up early. Get up there. And then I'm off on Friday. Taking off. And uh, headed out on a little golf junket with my son. Looking forward to that. So on the ceasefire text line, Paul and Meridian says, let's just swing that money over to eliminating the state income tax. And it's, there are restrictions, unfortunately, on the use of that money. And, and also keep in mind, Paul, that it, that's one-time money. That's exactly what the representative was talking about, is one-time money to offset... In this case, re- recurring reduction of revenue. And that's that's a a very dangerous financial elixir, shall we say. you got to be careful with that. But I, I'm certainly for a one-time rebate. I have expressed my support for that. Hasn't got a lot of traction thus far. It's kind of a tough deal. I think a lot of people down there at the Capitol have plans already in place to to get that money out and spend it. And
2: what's the old saying about counting chickens before they're hatched?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not doing that in this case. Um, on the ceasefire text line give taxes back to the taxpayers? Not possible. Fill government workers and political class pockets with taxpayers' money? Emoji of hmm. No expense spared to build a Rube Goldberg political machine to accomplish the task. That text, Rhino, gets the prize for the most emojis in a single text. Would you agree? So far. Okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Why is it so urgent to have a special session on marijuana? The legislature never wanted to touch this issue. Now it's a crisis. I don't see spending taxpayers' money. Let them deal with it in January instead of recognizing this and resoluting that, well, one thing to keep in mind is is that the taxpayers, I should say the voters, overwhelmingly voted to support a program, and by getting something passed into law, uh, you, you go ahead and get the wheels turning to stand up the program, and keep in mind, that gets a head start on producing revenue for the state, which would way more than offset, just that in terms of the time between a special session now and getting it passed in January, that amount of revenue, and say that four-month period of time, if they could go ahead and get a head start on it, would more than offset the costs associated with the one or two days. I mean, you could do it one day, theoretically, which is not a whole lot of money. So it's a timing thing more than anything else, but I hear you. Uh, in terms of the sense of urgency, I'm just simply responding to the financial and the economic aspect of it. If you got a, if you got four months uh, additional of, of the program being in place generating revenue for the state, that more by by having a special session that just more than offsets the the uh, rather nominal cost associated with having the special session. You know, talking about this Afghanistan thing. The President, it still seems, in his in his uh, inner circle, Secretary of State, etc., they seem to be relying quite heavily on the cooperation of the Taliban in helping us get the remaining Americans out, keeping some degree of peace in the region, but more importantly, not allowing the nation to become a safe haven for terrorists, because you know they're chomping at the bit to get get cranking, get organized, and start plotting God forbid their next 9-11. It just feels like that's what's likely to happen. It, uh, It has also been revealed that, and this hasn't gotten a lot of traction in the news yet, but I think it will over the next 24 hours, the president yesterday once again doubled down, and so has General Milley, the Secretary of State. There just wasn't any way for them to know that the Taliban, excuse me, the Afghan forces, the army of the nation was just going to fall apart as, uh, as soon as the, the exit began and the announcement thereof. Um, it's just hard for me to believe that they didn't know that, but there's some documents that, some transcripts, that have been uncovered that suggest that calls between Biden and president, Afghan President Ghani just before he fled, he was trying to persuade the president of Afghanistan, the president of the United States was trying to persuade the president of Afghanistan to create a perception that the Taliban wasn't winning, whether it's true or not. Now, if that's the case, and this is getting some traction now in in some mainstream, more reputable media, at first I kind of dismissed it, but I think you're going to see more reports about this, more of of, um, analysis of this transcript, of this discussion between President Biden and President Ghani of Afghanistan, and if, if that's the case, that's bad. In my view, this was apparently the last call he had with Ashraf Ghani, he being President Biden. said they needed to change the perceptions of the Taliban's rapid advance, whether it is true or not. That's according to the excerpt, excerpts that were revealed and published yesterday. The assumption was that more this – is, this is the assumption that our government had was that more than 300,000 security forces of Afghanistan had been trained by us, equipped, and they were ready to stand and, and take over the nation. That obviously didn't happen. And President Ghani, he bolted with a bunch of money. And he's out of the country somewhere. I can't remember where they took him exactly, but he's gone. And just, (laughs) he wasn't exactly the captain of the Titanic. He stayed with the ship, not whatsoever. He got out of Dodge, as they say.
2: Kind of disturbing. Apparently he is in the United Arab Emirates.
3: That's right, UAE.
2: Exactly. I remember that. The home country of Dubai.
3: Yeah. That is very disturbing, in my view. Hmm. Let's see... uh, Thomas weighs in on the flag. Did changing the flag to appease the SEC warrant a special session? Why didn't we change it with any of the 100 bills from the previous 20 years? You know, there's lots of analysis and opinion on that. I personally don't think it had anything to do with the SEC. I think it was uh, just a point in time in the nation, in our society, where a lot of folks who felt like who always supported changing the flag, felt like this was the time to act, and people that were on the fence were getting off the fence and getting into the camp of, yeah, I support change. That's what I think happened. Malcolm from Tishomingo says, legislators have never gotten a head start on anything.
2: <laughs> Here's a good point from the 601 on the ceasefire text line. Even if they didn't know, talking about the administration and senior military leadership, even if they didn't know, Why didn't you extend the deadline?
3: Yeah, it's a great question, and I I agree. Because it was an arbitrary deadline. Totally arbitrary. Totally agree. And it's the spin is making me sick. I just watching him yesterday try to spin it, and it's that lecturing. You just don't understand. That's what. That's kind of what I got out of that. You just you couldn't possibly know what we know, and you just got to accept it at face value, and then. You know, you hear from military experts who analyze the speech, and I put more stock in what they say, and I don't mean the present woke crop of military brass, I mean ex-warriors that I trust more, and they analyze, and they pick it apart, and it just doesn't add up to the same. Something just ain't right. I got a question from Ben in Madison about my attire. (laughs) I'm going to talk about that when we come back. And then Mississippi Outdoors Radio, stay with us.
15: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold
7: Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheese Steak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again,
11: 769-208-8283. This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. Beef herd liquidation is projected to continue into 2022, possibly even 2023, depending on the large degree on continued drought conditions across key parts of Northern Plains and the West. The U.S. beef herd continues to contract, with the largest numbers suggesting that the bottom may come sometime in 2022 or 2023. USDA's mid-year estimates showed inventory, with the largest mid-year decrease since 2012, down some 1.3 percent compared to July of 2020. University of Kentucky Livestock Marketing Specialist Kenny Burdeen believes... Drought conditions in the West and Northern Plains played a big part in that estimate. Berdine says that when looking to future herd size, keep your eyes on beef cow numbers. They are the key. Beef cow numbers are down about 2% from last year. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi AgriNews Network.
20: Ben Shapiro, reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. They always say what they want. They're open about their opinions.
10: They're not afraid to say what they feel.
3: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah, friend texted and said we're not supposed to know what our leaders know about the military strategic situation, but the president isn't supposed to tell us that. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know his his. Addresses are kind of uh, kind of sprinkle some of that information in there, and I totally agree. Uh, this military strategy is for the military, and, and a lot of that is not for public consumption. That obviously would divulge details frequently and uh, to the enemy. You don't That's want. To why do
2: they that. sent Geraldo home from Iraq?
3: Exactly right.
2: Yeah. and drawing a map in the saying. here we are, That's and here's correct. where we're headed, and they're over here. <laughs> Drop your bombs here, right? What the heck are you doing?
3: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, they all need to resign. This is from Bo in Indianola. Just for letting Taliban hold security, get everything else, he has lied about his actions of letting Taliban take security. Our servicemen were killed as a result. Yeah, I think what Bo is saying there is that we were relying on people that basically want to wipe us off the face of the planet to provide security uh, certainly to the airport and then to a great extent at the airport which I think all goes back to why did we close the airbase and rely on the the commercial airport for uh, extraction and evacuation. That just didn't make any sense to me. He just seems to be indifferent, won't offer any really cogent explanation for that. And now that that's done, I don't know that that would be divulging any military strategy that would pose a risk to us in divulging so, disclosing that information. But you're going to see, you've got to believe just a, a large swath of investigations. And there should be. I think the people need to know. The gold star families of these fallen soldiers is uh, these members of the service. They are not too happy with this. There's been some extremely strong response, including one uh, from a mother who took exception to the fact that it appeared that when he, she was talking to him directly about the loss of her son, he, that the president just seemed to not care. Rolled his eyes, what she said, as if she was being a bother. That's what she said now. We do know that he not only checked his watch one time, apparently during the dignified transfer of the bodies draped in the American flag in the caskets at Dover Air Force Base, that he checked his watch multiple times. What's up with that? Good grief. I just... I don't know. That's nauseating, in my view. But we're going to pivot now to domestic policy. Guarantee you. In my view, the Congress should be convened, and they should be expending all of their resources... All of their brain power, whatever is required to focus on getting the remaining Americans out of the country. I just don't think they are. They say they are, it's enduring and they're committed to it. And heard um, Pentagon spokesperson, Secretary of State, they're, they're all saying that, but I think at this point Americans say, I don't just don't believe you anymore. You also said there's no way we're gonna have a Saigon a week before we did, right? and that we would stay and be there until the last american is out is evacuated and that he had full confidence that the president of afghanistan and the in the afghan military was going to we're just going to pass over the reins and everything would just continue on and no problem none of that materialized zero he got so much of it wrong that I don't think anybody believes anything the guy says. And that's why. Because you failed to honor those commitments, and much of what you told the nation did not come to fruition as you informed us. And we rely on the president to inform. Oh, gosh. I did say, uh, I did promise. I had a question about my attire. I assume that person, uh, Ben, is is watching. Appreciate that, Ben. Yeah, it's it's kind of a um, it's a weakness on my part. I do have an affinity for clothes. I grew up in a in a clothing household. My father was a clothing rep, a one-time haberdasher. So, so you'll know, uh, Ben. I like Xenia uh, clothes. I like uh, Brioni when I can afford it. I like uh, Stefano Ritchie shirts and ties, Charvet ties. For my golf attire, I like Peter Millar. I also like Emporio Armani. I shop kind of all over the country. Neiman Marcus, Bergdorf Goodman, Saks. Clothery out in Phoenix is another favorite place. Rubenstein Brothers in New Orleans. And then here locally, my friends at the Rogue is where I shop mostly. Um, anyhow, just <coughs> You're listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi.
0: Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090.
8: Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Members of the Taliban show off weapons and armored vehicles left behind by American and Afghan troops at a parade in Kandahar, Afghanistan. But the country's new rulers have a food shortage to deal with.
20: The United Nations is sounding the alarm about pending food shortages in Afghanistan as the airport remains closed and prices of essential goods soar. Long lines have been forming at banks. Afghans who were not able to get out before air evacuation stopped are heading to land borders in the hopes of finding refuge abroad.
8: Fox's Amy Kellogg. There's some progress reported in the fight against the wildfire threatening communities on Lake Tahoe on the California-Nevada border. Todd Johnson's among thousands of people who've left or who are getting ready to leave.
25: I'm just trying to pick up a few things that I don't really cherish, but um, and that's it. So I promised my kid I'd be out of here as soon as I saw any flames
8: anywhere. America's listening to Fox News.
12: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community
21: safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security. 601-898-3105.
12: Call today.
14: trust care. Feel better faster.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Two people were killed when a section of Highway 26 in George County collapsed Monday night leaving a 50-foot wide ravine where the road was supposed to be. Seven cars total drove into the chasm. Human chains had to be formed to get the survivors back out. Brad White with MDOT says they'll eventually issue an emergency contract to fix the road. The
10: MDOT crews were gathering survey data yesterday Uh, pulling all of that together we've got teams down there today that are going to be gathering hydraulic and geotechnical data and information.
17: The deaths of Jerry Lee of Loosedale and Kent Brown of Leakesville are heartbreaking. First responders are stunned the death toll wasn't higher. The heat index could get up to 110 degrees in parts of Mississippi today, mostly along and west of I-55. Elsewhere the heat indices of 100 degrees or higher remain possible. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
24: The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors even if you are fully vaccinated and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health.
17: At Ida's Peak, over 100,000 power outages were reported across Mississippi. Governor Tate Reeves says we're down to about 37,000, mainly in Pike, Walthall, Wilkinson, and Omeet counties.
15: And given the heat advisories that we're having and the 100 degree plus temperatures, uh, getting power back to the homes where air conditioners can get back on is certainly very, very important.
17: Waveland was ground zero when Hurricane Katrina roared ashore 16 years ago. Mayor Mike Smith was the assistant fire chief at the time. Uh, all of our,
12: our municipal buildings were lost during Katrina. Uh, and they were well-built, sturdy buildings, too, but uh, built out of wood and not built to hurricane standards. But all of our buildings now
7: uh, barely get any damage from the storms that we've had since Katrina.
17: He lost contact with Grand Isle's mayor as Ida's eyewall came ashore. I'm Kelly Bennett.
12: To all the folks in the capital city metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, six till nine, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: You're listening to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show with guest host Gerard Gibbert. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show is presented by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. The Foundation supports projects associated with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks to protect and preserve Mississippi's wonderful wildlife heritage for generations to come.
3: Good afternoon and welcome everyone to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Move the show around from Monday to Wednesday of this week. In the studio, the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks panel. Adam Butler, wildlife biologist. Scott Baker, migratory bird biologist. And Scooter Watley in Mississippi Outdoors Television. So, everybody all right after the hurricane?
23: I think we all we we dodged a bullet yeah. for the most part. I, maybe, maybe I'm sure there's there's some folks in the southwest part of the state that took some damage, but I, all in all, not not as bad as it could have been.
3: Yeah, certainly. the counties along the uh, in the southwest along the Louisiana border seem to be the ones that were most impacted. Right, uh, Pike County, I think Wathaw County, et cetera. It's gonna have us a little off today, you know, thinking it's Monday. We I had know. to move, move the show so that, I know. you know for hurricane
23: coverage purposes, and now it's gonna it's a Wednesday that's gonna feel like a Monday. But
3: I had another mm. wildlife encounter. Uh-oh. It's actually my wife. Uh, so after the storm came through, she was out tending to her bird feeders in the, the perimeter at my house and noticed a baby squirrel that was on the ground, hmm. and so. Looked around, couldn't find a nest or anything, and, and uh, it was, of course, yapping, probably for mm-hmm. his mama. Eyes not open yet. and So uh, she yeah. scooped it up, put it in a blanket, and, and took it to uh, one of the vets that uh, apparently provides rehab locally. Yeah.
23: There, there's it. several of those around the state that do rehabilitation stuff, and of course we get a lot of those calls at our office yeah. and, and usually direct it that way. I so, figure that. So <clears throat> Yeah, a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff coming out of the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine the wind blew pretty
3: hard even around here.
23: You know, one of the wild, the crazy wildlife things about hurricanes and tropical storms and stuff is that we end up oftentimes with a lot of birds from the Caribbean that get blown up here. So, like for a lot lot of bird watchers in the state, um, that are real serious, you know, a a hurricane or a tropical storm or something like that is is a reason to be excited because they can see a lot of bird species that you might not normally get to see that 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 sort of get sucked up into the hurricane. Yeah, down there in the islands and then blown up here and, you know, not, not species that would normally be here. So you hear of a, a couple of those scattered around.
3: Well, uh, what about fish? Because Rhino shared with us that the winds were so powerful, it was blowing the water upstream in the Mississippi at the mouth mm-hmm. there.
23: Yeah, I'm sure that – How does that affect? I'm sure it does down down that far, you know, when you get saltwater and freshwater mixing, it probably does change that up. I'm not quite as familiar with that, but yeah. – I do know. I, I do know. Like the, like I said, the real serious. I, I actually had a professor in college. Uh, was in the wildlife department at Mississippi State, and he was a big time bird watcher. And he would he would literally like all the other vehicles are going north. To get away from the hurricane, he'd be headed south because he wanted to be there when the, all these, you know, rare birds from the Caribbean get blown up. And wanted to law see law
16: enforcement's nice nightmare, <laughs> nightmare, right? Emergency yeah. folks, right, right. <laughs> Talking about the fish, you know, one impact that can occur with uh, fisheries is a lot of times when trees lose their green leaves during a hurricane and yeah. fall into a body of water, yeah. and take the oxygen out when they start decaying and taking the oxygen out. You can have fish kills. You know, okay. sometimes that can be a, a pretty serious makes problem. makes sense. hadn't hadn't thought about that. Yeah. All right, so.
3: Just a couple of weeks ago, we opened up Gator season, mm-hmm. right? Now it's Dove season coming Do- up. Yeah, well,
23: so it's, man, it's happening. You know, Dove's kind of like the, the, the kickoff to fall, and, you know, we're going to have Dove season and college football and all the stuff we normally associate with the fall. It's, it's upon us. Uh, gator season's still going, though. You know, we've got, uh, what, well, another almost week or so. I think gator, public water Gator season goes until September the 6th at okay. noon. Got to stop at noon um so you got you know not quite a week left there and then uh for those who have private water tags um they go through september the 20th okay. so I've still got a couple more weeks there and i have not really heard i should have talked with ricky flint before we came i've not really heard have there been any record gators taken or anything um i know i know a lot of the a lot of the gator hunters time probably got kind of cut short due to the storm so haven't had quite the opportunity that he might would have had otherwise but i haven't really heard if there's been any i, I have records either.
16: taken I, I heard a little bit in the office a while ago that it sounded like the, the maybe the numbers harvested is on par for what it has been in prior years uh, but as far as records said i hadn't heard of any either yeah we'll have to do a um
23: after next week when when the gator closes so, we'll have to do alligator wrap up or I something absolutely i'm sure there'll be some some stories to be told and and stuff like that to share well, right.
19: we filmed two shows already, Alligator Season, and we didn't have a whole lot of luck. Uh, numbers were down as far as what we did, so we're going to take on a, a private lands gator hunt yeah. later on, yeah. and try
3: to finish it up. Hmm. So. Well, uh, but it, it, apparently, according to what we heard on the show a couple of weeks ago before this, we need to harvest some gators. Is that right? right.
23: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean that you know that's the good thing about. The way we've implemented the alligator season, kind of slowly and conservative over time, you know, is is that that it's it's allowing us to take advantage of a of a resource that's renewable, you know, and, yeah. and um you know we do have uh, nuisance gator complaints and stuff occasionally, and we've got avenues to take care of those, but it's certainly a resource out there that we can take advantage of, and
3: it's become a really big thing here in the state. All right, what about? Uh the dove seasons? How is that figured out with respect to dove season upon us here in a few days?
23: Right. So, um, dove being a, a migratory bird, um, their regulation sort of at, at at the base level falls to the feds to the to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and so they set like with with waterfowl and geese and all the other migratory species, they set sort of the frameworks under which the state can can select. Yeah. Um, and so this year we're starting September the fourth, so that's this Saturday. Uh, we can't start dove season prior to September the first. That's a federal law, so we can't go any earlier than that. Uh, so, you know, generally we're going to try to start the season on the on the Saturday, or occasionally we've done it on a on Labor Day day itself. But you know, given given that um, dove season is such a tradition, and, and there's just a lot of a lot of fanfare around it you know a lot of people have big cookout and get togethers and just sort of that time to you know hunting clubs get back together and just you know the the whole outdoor culture of our state sort of renews itself with dove season so we always try to keep it on that Labor Day weekend so uh, this year there's been a little bit of confusion early on um, there was some discussion amongst our Commission about uh, opening the season uh, at noon yeah and uh, so that that got talked about but it never actually went into law so we've had a lot of calls at the office uh, over the last couple of weeks about what time does the season open so it's it's the normal opener starts thirty minutes before sunrise so you can have morning hunt and all of that so that's no different than you know what we normally have
3: all right so in terms of the uh, sequence of the seasons is dove then what before turkey I mean before deer is there anything in there yeah, you uh, Yeah, you have. That.
23: A, <laughs> 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 well, I appreciate that. Always thinking about the turkey.
3: Um,
16: Canada geese and teal mm-hmm. will, will open up in the month of September before archery season opens up most of statewide October the first.
23: Right. So you got you know deer, deer archery's coming, and then um, squirrel and rabbit, a lot of the small yeah. game stuff, and then you you know then then when we we'll get into November, everything just snowballs and
3: we're wide open Uh, that's when the woods are full of hunters right
23: right Right? but this month you you know Scott's right this month um the resident Canada goose season uh opens and then also uh teal which teal are a duck they're a small small species of duck that migrates a little bit earlier than the than the rest and you know they i I forget the exact date here what's the 11th i think 11th i believe um so that's coming up pretty quick and you know that's something that it seems like it's gained in popularity a lot over the last 10, 15 years or so.
3: Yeah. Uh, so. How, what about hunters' education? Always got to be aware of that.
23: Yeah. Um, you know, we had uh, we had the hunters' ed folks in here a few weeks ago talking about that. Um, that's wide open right now. This is the time of year where that most people are are looking into that for for youth and um, so. Right now, we're still taking uh, registration online for in-person Hunter's Ed, so we're back, you know, because of COVID, we had to quit that for a little bit, but that's back uh, going the way it used to be, so if you want to register a, a, a child or an adult, you know, there's there are adults who do need Hunter's Ed, particularly if you're going to go to a, another state to hunt, you know, always check on that kind of thing, but... Um, Registration for those is open right now, uh, and but we're still offering the the full online course too. So you got several different avenues if you need to get somebody hunter ed certified. How together. do you register? Uh, check our website out. Um, it's on there. Uh, we, I think we've got the link posted on social media and stuff like uh, stuff like that right now. So there's a lot of different. Is that options in person together. or online? Yeah, yeah. That's what I just want to say. We. Um, when, when you know, back a year ago during COVID, we had to sort of suspend some of the in-person classes, but they're back now. Okay. And there's I a lot so. of, you know, I mean, y- we do offer the online version, but there's a lot of benefit to to doing it sure. in person. You know, you can ask questions and get a, you know, a, a more rich, in-depth experience. With who
3: it. who are the instructors that lead the classes?
23: A uh, lot of different people. In a, in a lot of cases, uh, those may be our conservation officers in the field will lead some classes, but we also have a lot of uh, volunteers that are certified to teach Hunter's Ed uh, across the state who, you know, feel that that's, that's a way to kind of give back to, to conservation and hunting and the traditions we have. So
3: it's, it's a little bit of both. Gotcha. All right, we'll step aside for a break right here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. When we return, we'll talk about whether or not the weather affected the dove fields and more about dove hunting. Stay with us, we'll be right back.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain. Sunny skies, high near 92. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 70. Thursday, sunny skies, high near 89. And for your finally Friday, sunny conditions, high near 87. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com.
12: Six nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. And text the JT Show, 601 879 4395.
0: That's 601 879 4395. Now, here's more with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Super Talk Mississippi. Shifted over to Wednesday for Monday, given the storm moving through. So we got lots of of members of our audience texting in, talking about seeing seagulls. You were just talking about in the last segment, Adam, how the storm seems to push those birds. Yeah. And, I,
23: you know, I don't really know how it works. I don't know if like if if they just get caught up in the bands and it just blows them, or if they get actually sucked up in the eye wall itself and can't get out. But you, yeah, you see that every time you get one of these kind of storms, you're going to end up with some, some some Gulf birds or some Caribbean birds are going to end up blown up here in the states somehow. So,
3: yeah. Also, David and in Indianola. A regular listener says, thanks to the MDWFP search and rescue teams that went to the coast to assist with rescuing and helping the ones that stranded from those folks stranded Absolutely. from the hurricane. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, had the captain on earlier in the week and gave a report on that. He was on the ground. They were orchestrating yeah. the teams out there. So had mobilized uh, all their resources to yep. go help yeah, that, out.
23: Our, our uh, special response team has some great capabilities to be able to respond to those kind of things. So.
3: Honestly, I'd never even thought about it and, yep. and so glad to know about that. So grateful for what they do. So Chris and Summit says, went out to the Duffield Tuesday to see seagulls. Do they count on your <laughs> limit?
23: Uh, no, sir. Probably need to
3: leave the seagulls it's alone. Protected. Yeah. Here's another one. Seagulls in northeast Madison County, not yep. far from where we are here. So and Vicky in Clarksdale reported that she has uh, observed ten foot gators up around Rena laura in, uh, in the Clarksdale, in the Delta area. Does that sound right? Ten-foot gators They
16: get there? a little bigger. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is yeah. incredible.
3: All right, so this being the first of the month means it's goose hunting season,
16: right? Yeah, that's right. And Canada goose season open this morning, 30 minutes prior to sunrise, and I'm sure there were some hunters across the state, uh, probably laid in the harvested cornfield or maybe on a golf course somewhere, <laughs> um, <laughs> hunting some Canada <cannons laughs> geese. But, yeah, did you Get started this morning and run the, the entire month of September. And what hunters will need to Canada goose hunt will be the state and federal waterfowl stamp at a minimum, small game hunting license, a shotgun that's capable of not holding more than three shells, um, hip stamp, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to and, and non toxic shot, mm-hmm. and that's going to cover that for for Canada goose hunting and good opportunity to get out and take advantage of. You know you actually get a few days in ahead of morning dove season. yeah, and you know what hunters got to be careful about those when they go on the field this weekend, dove hunting, there's always seems like there's going to be some fields across the state some geese fly over. and if those hunters on that dove field are have the toxic shot lead shot in their possession and don't have the the, the state and federal waterfowl stamps and shoot at those geese. They'll be violating the law, so uh, they, they need know. to practice some restraint unless they have all of that on them and only non toxic shot when they're hunting. But I know it's tempting. I've been there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, know what it's like when you see you think of a, a, a bonus bird flying over, but they want to make sure they're they got uh, everything in and those, order.
23: Those resident Canada geese populations—they've just blown up in they, the state over the last 20 years or so yeah
16: know, oh
23: yeah they, they're having they were growing everywhere. up you know they were a few around on like you know some of your bigger reservoirs and stuff like that but they weren't nearly as widespread as they are today yeah
16: you know? I, I don't know if you can go anywhere in the state that doesn't have a small pond or lake and don't have can the geese visiting yeah. them at some point in time yeah scott we had that happen to us on one of our wma dove
19: hunts a couple years ago and a lot of youth around and they you know, Three or four just flew over really low, and everybody just holding their breath like, <laughs> is somebody going to do this? But they didn't. They, they kept right on. But we, you know what, we, we yeah, and you said we're they're nervous.
23: flying really low. It'll fool you, though. They're big. <laughs> you think they're low, but they're not that low.
3: They're just that big, you know? That's right. So that begs the question, then, what constitutes a, a duff field, I guess a legal duff field?
16: well you know dove fields uh, a properly prepared dove field would have been started back in april may june with a, a crop being planted uh, you know then when you plant that crop you can manipulate it in a lot of different ways and, and be able to dove hunt it uh, this coming weekend or later in the season i know we get to questions quite frequently um, about people hunting over wheat and you know can wheat be put out for doves, and the, the short answer to that is, is no, it can't. But if you were planting wheat for a normal agriculture practice, like for a food plot, soil erosion, um, cover crop, something like that, yep. and doves are attracted to it, and that wheat was put out at a proper rate, evenly spread across the field, then you could dove hunt over it at that point in time. Yeah. Well.
3: Uh, a, a lot of people have questions about that, and also they need. They also want to know what do they need to be prepared for dove hunting. I mean, what are the typical assets and,
16: and resources one needs to be ready to go? Dove hunting is probably one of the easiest sports to, to get in hunting. And it's small game hunting license is all that's required. You need to get the HIP stamp or the the HIP permit that comes with it, no additional cost when you do that. But other than having a, a shotgun that's not capable of holding more than three shells. Um, Any type shot is fair as far as lead or a non-toxic shot. You know, a five-gallon bucket to sit on doesn't take fancy camouflage. Even though a lot of us do, it's a it's a very easy sport to get into hunting. The the legalities of it's pretty simple. But you know, we talk about the the fields. It is up to the hunters to to know if the fields baited. They got to look, ask the landowner, have a little bit of knowledge about it. So they do need to know uh, what occurred on that field. For them uh, to be to be a legal field for them to hunt on, they don't want to be surprised. None of us like surprises, and they just need to look, walk around, ask the farmer or landowner they're hunting with how it was prepared, yeah. and th- that way they've covered their bases and try to do everything they can on the front end not to be surprised later in the hunt. And what what do they need? And uh, what's typical in terms of weapons that they use to hunt? Most of the time, it's going to be a shotgun. Uh, you know, or it is going to be a shotgun. Yeah. And most often times, the twelve gauge or twenty gauge are going to be the most popular. You know, gauges that people hunt with. And you know, once again, to, you know, check, make sure those guns don't hold more than three shells. I have seen a particular gun manufacturer sell a youth model shotgun that did not come from the factory with a plug in it and uh, nobody knew until it got checked in the field you know the the parents assumed it came since it came straight from the manufacturer it had a plug in it but don't assume that always always check to make sure it's got a plug yeah uh, what about the dove population? What that's looking like? The, the the numbers are fair. We have you know we do monitor them across the nation. We got different management units, just like we do flyaways with waterfowl, and so we do uh, monitoring them. Most of that is going to occur through uh, banding of doves, and then also the the harvest rates, whether it be juvenile or adults. Uh, here in the what we call the eastern management unit that Mississippi falls in, the dove numbers have declined some, but it's not. You know at a, at a at a very low level that would trigger us going into a more restrictive season we still got a a ninety day season with a fifteen bird bag limit that's a liberal um season for us for morning doves so uh, the, the numbers were there, but what we always see it seemed like within a, a week of opening day there's going to be a weather event We wait for hurricanes that happens somewhat it's going to be a rain system moves through doves just look for a reason to do something different and make us look bad when we show up prepare a field a lot of times you'll have doves on a friday expecting to have a good number on saturday and they up and disappear overnight yeah uh all right so what about dove fields private and public fields we, there, there are. You know, the, uh, most of the hunting's going to occur on private fields. People prepare across the state, and as y'all were talking about, you know, beginning of the show, it's, it's it's really a family affair. A lot yeah. of uh, family and friends come back and enjoy uh, the the dove hunt and the field and the, the socialization. But there are some public fields across the state. Uh, a lot of wildlife management areas. There may even be a few federal refuges across the state and, and Corps of Engineer fields as well. Hmm. And most of our Public dove hunting on WMAs is going to be in the Delta, but not all of it. There's some on the east side of the state like Black Prairie WMA and uh, Oak Tibby WMA, but most of the dove fields are going to be over in our, our dove-rich area of the Delta.
23: And, and we've got some some really good you know public dove fields. Some of them can be just, just jam up. Um, I would... Recommend all our listeners if you if you're wanting to visit one of our uh, public W May fields, be sure and go check the regulations for that specific area, or that specific field beforehand. Because a lot of them, we do some different things. Some of them aren't necessarily open on the opening day. Some of them may have a youth hunt, you know, before it's open to to, to everyone. Um, so be sure to check in on all the details, all all of those before you go, and you know. All of that's listed on our website. The, the I'm going to say, quote, official dove fields that we offer. But a number of our WMAs, if not most of our WMAs, unless it is, you know, in the regs expressly says you can't, dove season is open. So you, if you that's find right. a... You know, a, a natural area that has, is attracting doves for whatever reason, you know, on most WMAs, you can go hunt that, hmm. that spot.
19: Interesting. It's going to be warm, too, so bring plenty of water. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. All right, we got a break right here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. We'll come back and talk about one of the great Mississippi state parks and a little bit more about dove hunting. And also, uh, don't forget, we got to talk about outdoors television. Stay with us. you never
6: going to
7: No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at nodripms.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at
12: 601-944-5585 or online at innovativehealthclinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Get more miles on the road with O'Reilly Auto Parts. A clean fuel system means better gas mileage for your car. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get two bottles of Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $8. Plus, earn double O rewards points. For a clean, lubricated, more fuel-efficient system, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, oh, oh,
6: O'Reilly. Auto
9: Parts.
7: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Goal Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Two people were killed when a section of Highway 26 in George County collapsed Monday night, leaving a 50-foot-wide ravine where the road was supposed to be. Seven cars total drove into the chasm. Human chains had to be formed to get the survivors back out. Brad White with MDOT says they'll eventually issue an emergency contract to fix the road.
10: The MDOT crews were gathering survey data yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, pulling all of that together. We've got teams down there today that are going to be gathering hydraulic and geotechnical data and information.
17: The deaths of Jerry Lee of Loosedale and Kent Brown of Leakesville are heartbreaking. First responders are stunned the death toll wasn't higher. The heat index could get up to 110 degrees in parts of Mississippi today, mostly along and west of I-55. Elsewhere, the heat indices of 100 degrees or higher remain possible. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
18: Get ready for the Mighty Roots Music Festival October 1st and 2nd on historic Stovall Farms in Clarksdale, Mississippi, presented by Wade Incorporated. Musical appearances by Deer Tick, Keller Williams, Mystic Bowie's Talking Dreads, Radney Foster, and more. Campsites available, food trucks, vendors, and late-night music till 2 a.m. For tickets and more information, MightyRootsMusicFestival.com. Sponsored by Visit Mississippi and Visit Clarksdale. Come on and make your plans to spend the weekend with us at Mighty Roots Music Festival.
0: At supertalk.fm.fm. Now, 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 back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino. G-
8: great news, everybody,
0: on Super Talk, Mississippi.
8: Mississippi <laughs>
3: Welcome back, everyone. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Each week on the program, we feature one of Mississippi's state parks. This week, it's Clarko State Park in Quintman, Mississippi. It was one of the first CCC Civilian Conservation Corps parks open to the public in 1938. Located just south of Meridian near the Mississippi-Alabama state line, Clarko State Park is a favorite Mississippi recreation spot. This park is one of the most naturally attractive parks in the state. Situated on 815 acres of gently rolling woodlands, this park offers 43 RV sites, 21 cabins, and water sports in the 65-acre Lake Ivy. They have picnic pavilions, a playground, a 2.5-mile nature trail, disc golf, and a seasonal splash pad. You can make a reservation by visiting our website at www.mdwfp.com or calling 1-800-467-2757 or call the park direct at 601 776 6651. Tony Fleming is the manager up there. You can purchase an annual park permit for $50 that will give you access to all the state parks for an entire year. That's Clarko State Park in Quitman, Mississippi. All right. so what else we need to know about dove
16: hunting and dove season? Well, Paul, I ought to mention the limit. I hope hunters have to worry about the limit this year. (laughs)
23: It's a daily limit.
16: Daily limit. Not a
23: morning and afternoon. Limit. Limit. Okay.
16: It's, it's, it's fifteen per day, and what you're saying it's not per hunt. It's per day. You can't day. go
23: shoot fifteen in the morning and then go shoot fifteen in the afternoon. No excuse. Now I don't, you know, I I, I don't run into that generally. <laughs> Most time you're lucky to, you lucky right. get to get ten. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, but there are folks who may be good enough.
16: That's right. But they don't need to do that. They, they, they got to get a, a ticket that's right have some self-restraint there you go stop at 15 let somebody else get on your stand and hunt for a while you can go back to the the grill and get to, the fire lit get mm-hmm. ready to start cooking yeah hmm. i've been filming guys that actually in competition
19: you know see how quick they can get their 15 in like five to ten minutes they're done They've,
16: that's a good feel yeah, that's yeah <laughs> that is a good feel hmm. I've heard about those. Yeah,
19: they're in strict <laughs> competition.
23: I guess the other thing to mention would be that our, our banding program. You know, you talked earlier yeah. about dove populations and how they're monitored, sort of at the yeah. at the continental level, really. Yeah. You know, uh, and we as an agency band a lot of morning doves every summer, um, mm-hmm. and that you know that's that's not, not just for fun. That actually feeds data into, you know, the 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 Fish and Wildlife Services nationwide assessment of how dove populations are doing okay. so it's it's totally possible that uh someone hunting may harvest a dove with a band on it and, and if they do they need to report that because that's how we get that data back to know how the dove population's is doing and things like that I've,
16: and look at the leg close because those are little bitty bands and they can slip yeah, they got to be small for the dove that's right and, and we're reward banning so there's opportunity that some of these doves may have two bands on them one of them will be a reward band and for them to call and um, report that bird, uh, they'd get a financial reward mm-hmm. for reporting that. Mm-hmm. So, a double incentive. Right. Do we uh, attract dove hunters from other states, neighboring states, come in here? We do. I, I don't know if it's as, as big as probably what like turkey hunting would be, but with the, the family and friend tie that dove hunting is, we most definitely get hunters coming in to kind of have those family reunions of sorts on, on the dove field. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know a lot of folks
23: that, you know, travel back home kind of thing may may travel a couple of states away just to come to a dove hunt but just almost kind of like the holidays you know it's labor day weekend you gotta most folks may have a monday off so you got a little extra time and dove season's all wrapped up into that so it's it really is more than just a hunting yeah. event it, it's a, it's it's a it's whole family and friends yeah. family and friends and just whole celebration of mississippi outdoors
3: are there fields that are located in relatively close proximity to some of the state
16: parks? Might that be a situation? Someone stayed at state park? Do it some it would be. Like Leroy Percy State mm-hmm. Park over in the Delta, there's going to be several fields um, fairly close to, to there. And, and there would be um, other where I'm thinking of maybe Kosser State Park, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, up up kind of the 55 corridor. Yeah. There's going to be some fields, uh, WMA fields close to those state parks and those uh, watershed lakes up there offer some great fishing you know this time of year
23: yeah yeah the thing to do you go to our website we've got a, a a dove public land dove field page it has a map on there with the different fields that are available so you can kind of look and,
3: and pick and choose that way yeah i got you uh wh- why are the delta? What's
16: what's unique about the delta? Well, there's so many fields up there. It, the habitat there, and, and once uh, Mississippi, Mississippi did have a lot better dove habitat across the state than it does today. When we farmed a lot more outside of the delta region, but when CRP come along in the um, with the 80s 90s, a lot of those old fields pastures got reforested, and doves like. Uh, open habitat, uh, you know, and so you don't have as much of that outside of the Delta, but when we were doing uh, the coup counts, doing those annually uh, listening for dove to call and number of doves per calling station, I got the you. Delta always had more doves on those routes than anywhere else in the state, and it's habitat-related. Hmm. Okay.
3: Well, I mean, that, that makes sense. I just know you, you mentioned there were several fields up in the Delta, and and uh, is it just because of is – is the water and the – the, um, soil does that
16: have anything to do with it or it, is it the the it, foliage well it could be for we don't need to dive off into that we have a research project and we could mm-hmm. get very deep in that but you know, if you are you asking about dove hunting opportunities on W. Mayes, mostly being in the I delta. I just was
3: curious what what about the delta, the habitat. What what creates that habitat? Is there Is, something unique to the delta that
16: makes it a more the, appropriate the, habitat? The fields and food. Okay. A lot of grain production takes place okay. up there. Yeah. And, and not only grains that farmers produce, but the weeds that grow in in yeah. the crops and outside yeah. around the crops. You know, are very beneficial to doves too. Okay. Hmm.
3: So it sounds like uh, it kicks off on the fourth. How long does it last? Dove season? Oh, D- different structures.
23: Seasons. Yeah, there's 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 breaks in between them, uh, and we depending on what zone you're in, north or south, it differs a little bit. But this first season gonna be a few weeks, depending on whether you're in the north or the south, and then we'll have another one coming in, kind of as the fall progresses. That's right. Okay.
16: But it'll run through um, you know the end of January, and we've got ninety days. That we can allow hunting in and, and like adam was talking about earlier we try to maximize the number of weekends during those 90 days and we have three split two splits three seasons from September one to through the end of January to try to maximize those days. So there's some overlap with some of the other hunting seasons as well, right? Most definitely. You'll you'll hear uh, from your diehard dove hunters uh, will will hunt all 90 days, and you'll have some waterfowl hunters that may like to duck hunt in the morning and then pick up your shotgun and go dove hunt, you know, at noon or in the afternoon um, across you know wherever they're hunting close hmm. to. So wing shooters like to do it all. They don't discriminate among bird species. <laughs> I may have asked you this before, but how
3: does dove hunting compare to duck hunting in terms of level of difficulty?
16: Mm, it may not be as difficult. It's definitely different. Uh, I don't know that you can compare it a whole lot other than being wing shooting. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, ducks, you're generally trying to attract them to a, a decor spread water in front of you. Uh, Doves generally on a, a broader area of field, and you need more people out there to keep the birds flying. Uh, you know, in the you could you could have a 40-acre field and be the only hunter out there, a bunch yeah. of doves, and have a poor hunt, because you can't keep the birds moving, and they're all sitting on the ground, you know, the far end of the field. So it, you do need people out there hunting. And most of the time, your duck hunters, uh, they don't want anybody close by, Yeah, you know. So it, there, there's some similarities, but also quite different as well. And you're not spending as much time in the water. That's, That's well, right. right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Definitely dove hunting is <laughs> normally a hot weather activity. Then it get you know, it can get cold, but you don't have to have standing water to to hunt doves in like you do ducks. I just uh
3: always marveled
16: at that. My my son is an avid
3: duck hunter and they, you know, get up the wee hours of the night there and put all that stuff on and go to the cold water. It's yeah. like oh my gosh, getting out of this warm bed. It takes there. a unique person <laughs> to be a an avid duck hunter. Oh, really <laughs> uh, incredible. And then of course they gotta dodge the alley. Alligators when they get out there in yeah. the duck hunt as well, yeah. so well, that's interesting. Right, what about here in Central Mississippi? Where are kind of the closest fields, dove fields?
16: Most of them are going to be probably the closest is going to be in the, the South Delta right. or or toward Meridian. Okay, um, hour Tiddy, and a half, WMA. couple hours. Um, yeah. yeah, but but there are WMAs that do have, uh, have dove hunting opportunity, but just not in prepared dove field like some of these ones we're talking about. You could. A, um, a kapai County WMA, even on the Bienville National Forest, a person could dove hunt on those areas. It's just not going to be a prepared dove field like it would be on a, a, a muscadine farm, WMA. I got you. Interesting. So, but, you know, and Butler talked about the, the youth hunting opportunities. We do have some youth-only dove hunting opportunities start off the season, like a Mahana or a Black Prairie. and So it's a good opportunity for people to get their kids out dove hunting. Got you. Interesting stuff. All right, we got one more segment
3: here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. We got to talk about what's up on the Mississippi Outdoors TV for the new season and so forth. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Be don't
19: worry, be happy. Don't worry, don't worry,
21: don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face.
17: It's back
14: that's right, school is back in session.
22: That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right, school is back and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style
12: while saving your cash. Pay just $3.29 per month on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross or pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4s. Plus, get a free 40-inch TV without repurchase. We want your old vehicle. Bring it in and we'll buy it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is the of credit. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Our team of experts is ready to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. School is back in session, so come get your deal now at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Dine Road, call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at
14: Ridgeland Mitsubishi.
24: Eclipse, stock number 1772, Mitsubishi G4, stock number 1795, 1999, down 39 for Once details, will approve credit.
21: Need furniture or bedding now? The pandemic
22: caused a big slowdown in production and shipping. So the wait can be longer than you'd like. Fortunately, Miss Skelly's has preferred status with our vendors, so despite some delays, we actually have a lot in stock and ready to go. Check out what's available now at MsSkelly's.com. The selection is growing, so if you don't see what you want, check again, then order online, or come into one of our showrooms. That perfect piece may be in stock and ready to go at Miss Skelly's. <music>
8: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi, and I want to tell you about something new on the show. You know how much we love to grill and how much we love to talk about it. You're the exact same way, and so are our friends at Polk's Meat. So now every Friday at 520, we'll have some fun with Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll talk about our favorite way to grill their delicious Polk's Original, Polk's Cajun and Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. It's Food Fridays at 520. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
16: Welcome back,
3: everyone. This is Ibby Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Wanted to pass on that there is a report, news breaking, that there's been a shooting at a school in North Carolina, Winston-Salem. At least one person shot uh, in that. That's all the information we have right now. We're just seeing the images on the televisions here in the studio. Just wanted to pass that on, and we'll keep you abreast with what we know. So questions about hunting for geese. Uh, Scott one was can you hunt Canadian geese with a crossbow and you cannot
16: and yeah. I think another question that came in was asking about the, the hip stamp yeah what's that a right? hip stamp had it, a question on that the hip is the acronym for the harvest information program it's a free stamp that you can get from any licensed agent and basically what it's used for is a very loose survey nationwide for the number of migratory bird hunters What they hunt and approximately how many they kill is what it's used for. So when they go to get by their license, don't assume they're going to ask you. You make sure you get that, um, that hip hip permit or hip um, on your license. Gotcha. Robert from Jolly, by the way, sent us a photo. Said he had a good
3: goose hunt this morning in Slaughter, Mississippi, enjoying the show. And sent a photo of uh, him holding three uh, geese there. Uh, pretty nice, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, also, had uh, a listener said, we have about five states represented at Cole Lake Dove Hunt. So that that's kind of consistent to what you were saying about it's kind of a social event to yes. a great extent. And uh, it's good to hear people coming in from
16: out of state. That's right. Uh, enjoying the Mississippi outdoors as well. You know, so. a lot of times they can get a dove hunt in the morning and a college football game in the night. There you go. That that sounds
3: like Mississippi right <laughs> yeah. there, doesn't it? All right, Scooter, tell us about uh, Mississippi Outdoors Television. What's up?
19: Well, you were talking about the Coal Lake place. Yeah. Ironically, that's going to be one of the first <laughs> shows tomorrow that. night yeah. that we that we filmed over there. And they're good people. They, yeah. they dove hunt, you know, all year round. But, uh, anyway, we're excited about the new season coming up Mississippi Outdoors Television. Uh, we've been on the air since about 1989. Wow. So, um, 32 years or so. And that's a pretty good run. And, and wow. we're, we're going to have your normal hunting and fishing, you know, duck deer stuff. But we'll have some, some unusual shows as well. Some non-consumptive. I did a little mini documentary on eagles in the state of Mississippi. We're going to have a piece on that. We're going to have a, um, a little short thing on our um, MSSP shooting sports programs and aims together. And we've got an all ladies duck hunt with the Swamp Witches. The Swamp Witches are a very popular <laughs> group of ladies. And we've got all ladies quail hunt coming up. Uh, we did some bass fishing with professional bass pro Kathy Hurst. And we've got a lot of things some frog grabbing, uh, of course, some alligator hunts. And uh, just. Quite some unusual stuff that you know, we're looking forward to this year. And when does it air? It airs Thursday night, coming up tomorrow night. It's the first show at 7.30, and then it'll repeat Saturday at 5.30. Now, what we'll do is we'll have a, a first show tomorrow night, and then we'll we'll uh, have some re- reruns the rest of that month because uh, MPB has some pledge drives and things, and we'll start the new season again on October the 7th and run six or eight shows straight after yeah. that.
3: I've tuned in. It's well done, too. Oh, I it. really that. is, yeah. yeah. So another question here about um, dove hunting. Uh, this lister said, tuned in late. What time does dove hunting start, morning or
16: noon? It's going to start the morning, 30 minutes prior to sunrise until sunset. A lot of times people ask about sunrise, and that's going to be the legal sunrise. They can look on a lot of times their GPS unit and uh, show the sunrise and sunset time or the, the paper. So uh, 30 minutes prior to sunrise. Yeah, And, you know,
3: Scooter, I wanted to just mention, it's a lot of work that goes into producing those shows. It is.
19: And and every time we go with somebody and and, and we film a show and then at the end of the day we're done, they just kind of shake their head like they had no idea. You know, you're running GoPros, I fly the drone a good bit. (laughs) And, uh, you know, with the normal camera, and so it's just a lot of work that goes into it, but it's it's exciting. It's yeah. fun. The well, new technology is, is really good.
3: Yeah, and the new technology, as I was going to say, allows you to really showcase the outdoors and, and produce some really high-quality yes. uh, output as yes. well. So the production with what you got today is a little different than it was when they started in 89. Right, sure. right. But that's good. Uh, it shows things, get to things, and and uh or we make, put
19: a GoPro on a on – a, on a pole and stick it in the water, you know yeah a fish coming up, and you can see the fish coming out of the water when they release it back in the water. You that's can see amazing. it going down there. We flew the drone at at, at Humphreys County, the one Coal Lake, a bunch, and it really made the show look a lot different. It, it's it, That's
3: neat. It, it's neat. Yeah, it is. that's cool stuff. All right, we uh, are out of time here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. It's been a good show. Enjoy talking to you guys today. Thanks for coming in.
25: Enjoyed it, absolutely.
3: Yes, All right, we'll figure it out when we're going to be next week sometime with Labor Day and so forth coming up, huh? Might have to do a midweek show again. But there we go. That'll work. All right, well, I will be in West Point, Mississippi. Rhino will be down here holding down the fort tomorrow. I'll be up at uh, We Hopefully you'll tune in. We hope you'll tune in for that. We're out of time for now. Please stay safe, and God bless everyone.
10: Of the red, white, and blue Of the red, white, and blue
6: A Supertalk Mississippi (laughs) Media Production